to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste, and the destination Wu Feng. For generations, the Lin family of Wu Feng was one of Taiwan's most influential. Its members commanded armies, controlled vital resources, and later led a push for public education and culture in Taiwan. The family's home base, a complex of lavish structures in the Wufeng area of central Taiwan, may be the most beautiful and valuable collection of historic Taiwanese buildings. In this two-part series, we've joined up with Mr. Lin, a member of the family's ninth generation in Taiwan. With him as our guide, we've looked at the family's rise to the top of Taiwanese society and met the family's most illustrious members. Today, Mr. Lin is back for a look at the buildings that fill the compound and for a look at the family garden, also ranked among Taiwan's most famous. The family compound consists of nine buildings. These are split between two neighboring sections because over time, the family got quite large. The original building at the core of it all is an 1837 homestead that we briefly met last week. This is a Sanheyuan, or a traditional house built with three wings. Two other buildings were added nearby when fifth-generation son Lin Wencha rose to Imperial China's highest military rank. Lin Wencha had barracks built for his men. He also built a grand official residence, which future generations kept expanding. By the end of the 19th century, it was a bit of a labyrinth, punctuated by four courtyards. Even more buildings grew up in the late 19th century when the family took hold of the lucrative monopoly on camphor. Camphor was made from trees found abundantly in Taiwan, and at the time, it was a vital strategic resource used by the world's militaries for making smokeless gunpowder. Mr. Lin calls this collection of buildings an encyclopedia of the Chinese-style architecture of the period. He asserts that on either side of the Taiwan Strait, you won't find a cluster of buildings that served so many different roles. There were, of course, fabulous dwellings, built to house family members in style. Though there is some variation, because at the time, your official rank determined just how lavishly you were allowed to build. There's also a private family school for the study of Confucian classics, an essential field for would-be civil officials to master. As we've already said, there was a barracks for soldiers, and there was even a stage for Chinese opera set up amid a building that could also host banquets. The newest building in this complex dates from 1906. It was built after Japan took control of Taiwan, a break in Taiwan's history. And so this building's a bit of an outlier, showing Western and Japanese influences. The rest of the buildings, though, are firmly rooted in the old Imperial Chinese order. Specifically, Mr. Lin says, the buildings are built in the style of southern Fujian province. It's a style many old buildings in Taiwan share, since southern Fujian province was the place where most ethnic Chinese migrants to Taiwan came from. I ask Mr. Lin to explain what it is that sets this style apart. He says distinguishing features include the use of red bricks and slanted tiled roofs. Then there are rich decorations, lots of lucky symbols that express wishes for long life and prosperity. 
从头一直到尾，每一个地方它都有它祝福的含义。One example in the Lin family compound can be found in the protective gods that are painted on some of the doors. Normally, these so-called door gods are only found in temples, but since the Wu Feng Lins became high officials, their buildings got to have them too. 左边的文官呢，手上捧着一个官帽。On one pair of doors, the god of the left door holds an official cap, while the god to the right holds a miniature deer. This is a visual pun, using a word that sounded like the animal deer to conjure up the phrase "May you rise to high rank." Another pair of doors expressed a similar wish for wealth and rank, with one god holding a peony flower and an ancient kind of drinking vessel. Again, this is a pun based on words that sound alike. It wasn't all just puns, though. Some symbols were metaphors, like pomegranates, whose seeds represented having many descendants. Mr. Lin says it's difficult for those who can't read this symbolic language to really appreciate what all these richly decorated buildings are trying to say to us. He says that's why you need to take a guided tour of the compound, something offered in several languages. Lin Wenqing, the family's garden, meanwhile, is regarded as one of Taiwan's four great gardens. This is separate from the compound, sitting today on a school campus. But still maintained as it was. The family garden was completed in the 1890s after its founder Lin Wenqing passed an exam to become an official. The purpose of the garden was to entertain his parents. Since it was first landscaped, this garden has become known for ten especially poetic views. 找一间的就是以前家在洗衣服的地方 For instance, there's a stretch of water called Washerwoman Stream. And a bridge that crosses over it. There's a raised spot called Moon Viewing Peak, a quiet pavilion, a pond, and also Lychee Island, which is a terrace with another pavilion on top of it. The garden is a deeply soothing place to walk around, and Mr. Lin laughs as he tells me that there are far more than ten sights worth seeing there. At first, the garden may have been built to entertain Lin Wenqing's elderly parents, but in the end, it became much more. In the early 20th century, after Taiwan came under Japanese rule, this garden became a place of cultural resistance. It was a place where, despite colonial attempts to uproot local culture, classic Chinese poetry could continue to flourish. The Wu Fenglin family itself produced three notable poets who, during this period, founded a Chinese poetic society called the Li Shi. This was an invitation-only association. The garden was an inspiring place where society members would often meet and compose literature. Today, in addition to its famed ten sites, the garden is also a place filled with information about these poets and their work. 像大华厅这个这个会议中心啊，那是全岛。那宫保地的话，就到了百分之八十五，是一个浩劫。Taiwan is no stranger to natural disasters, but the earthquake of September twenty-first, nineteen ninety-nine, was enormous. It measured above seven on the Richter scale, and it shattered central Taiwan. Parts of the Wu Fenglin compound collapsed entirely. Other buildings were barely recognizable. 
You may recall that one of the oldest buildings was an official residence that slowly got expanded. By the time the shaking subsided, 85% of that building was just rubble. Even many buildings that survived suffered heavy damage or at least tilting. It was a catastrophe, and that's the word Mr. Lin uses to describe it. But he also manages to find a bright side to the awful destruction. This was a chance to rebuild, and as work went on, a chance to rediscover forgotten period building techniques. Over more than 10 painful years of rebuilding, research into historical records, building techniques, and carvings advanced. Today, the old buildings are back in good shape. But not all of them are open to the public. There's office space for the management team, and some buildings are still used by family descendants. But public or not, the upkeep and preservation of the whole compound is something the family takes seriously. Mr. Lin himself spent several decades abroad living in Thailand, but around eight years ago, he made the journey home to help handle the property. As he was preparing to make the move back, his father told him something. This Wufeng Lin mansion no longer belongs to us Lins. It belongs to all Taiwan's people. He says the hope in opening up parts of the compound is that future generations will get to see this cultural heritage and understand it. I am John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time. <laughs> ¶¶